Thanks to Hello Monday from LinkedIn for supporting Market Foolery. Hello Monday is a new podcast from LinkedIn's editorial team about how to get the most from Monday and your career. Find Hello Monday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Monday, March 4th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio from MFAM Funds. It's portfolio manager Bill Barker. Happy Monday. Thank you. And happy birthday. Thank you again. To you and our colleague Bill Mann. Yes. Why isn't he here too? Well, unlike you, he decided to take his birthday off. I wanted to take my birthday off. <laughs> but you know what? That you're a That's game a day, long story. You're a game day player. That's why you're here. We're gonna dip into the full mailbag. We're gonna start with a story that broke last uh, the end of last week when we were uh, in Austin, Texas. And when I say we, I'm referring of course to me and our man behind the glass, Dan Boyd. You were here, presumably hard at work. Um, and that's about Gap. Uh, shares of Gap are down a bit this morning, but on Friday, shares popped 20% when Gap announced that it is going to spin off Old Navy into a separate public company. Gap, Banana Republic, and Athleta are going to be a separate company uh, yet to be named. You think this makes sense, both in terms of the spin off and the reason that shares popped 20%, because I'm assuming people said, well, I'd like shares of Old Navy if it's a separate company, and I guess the way to get that is to buy shares of Gap today. Yeah, I I guess it makes sense in this respect. You've got Gap also announcing, I think it's going to close 230 stores in the next two years. And so, what do they do in that case right now? Uh, at times, they're going to look at their other brands, including Athleta, Banana Republic, uh, and, and Old Navy, Intermix, um, and and like, well, I, can we slot one of these things in here? Will it do a little bit better than Gap? Because Gap is heavily mall uh, based, and uh, so at times it may make sense for the company to put Old Navy into a place where. It doesn't really want to be if it were making its own decisions, but it's better than leaving like a second or third gap in the same mall, which has occurred. So, uh, making its own capital allocation decisions is good for Old Navy, but the reason why it is potentially more valuable separate than apart, aside from that, is the valuation for companies that look like Old Navy are higher. Uh, that are discount brands and are not locked into malls. There, there are old navies in malls, but they're not as uh, weighted down by that as Gap is. So you've got Old Navy joining a comp group where, um, at least according to one of the analyst reports that I read, you know they're they're putting a two times higher multiple on Old Navy alone as on the remaining stores in the Gap umbrella. That's pretty impressive. For a good stretch of time, and you have to go back a ways for this, but there was a good stretch of time when the case for owning Gap was not just it was a different time, there was a lot less online shopping, but it was also that Gap had these three brands in Old Navy, Gap, and Banana Republic that appealed to different life stages. So you've got Old Navy, which is much more geared towards kids, Gap more towards older kids, young adults, and then Banana Republic was more for young professionals. And then presumably, young professionals, if they're having children, they're going back to Old Navy. And it was this wonderful cycle. 
But really, the story for this company for the last, at least the last five years, has been quarter after quarter. Well, Old Navy did well to make up for the rest of the business. Well, I think that's one of the stories. The other story is when is this thing finally going to grow again? And you can go back to 2004, uh, and it was doing 15, almost 16 billion in revenues. It's 2019. It's doing 16.5 billion in revenues, and it has bounced up a little bit, down a little bit, but it's never had more in sales than 16.5 billion. And it was at you know 15, 9, 16, 10, 15 years ago. That's just not a growth story, and uh, it's it doesn't look like when you take the whole. Package together, despite having added a couple of brands in Athleta and and uh, Intermex, that it's growing today. You've got the comps from the most recent quarterly report, Gap down five percent. No surprise there. It's it's you know that's not necessarily worse than what you're seeing from L Brands um, or um, Gymboree, which is going bankrupt. Um, it's just uh, you know clothing in malls. Not what you thought it was ten years ago. So, does Old Navy as a standalone company interest you as an investor? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to see the numbers, right? It's a it's it's better positioned. I'd want to know how many stores are in malls. I'd want to know what management is projecting the growth as, and I'd like to see the margins, uh, you know, broken out. So. I don't know. I mean, it it's it's got to have more going for it than just we're not part of Gap now. <laughs> Positive that, as that is, although that wouldn't be the worst tagline right out of the gate. No, no. I I was flashing back today after looking at this um, you know uh, graph of of the sales over the last fifteen years to the. 2005 Spike Jones commercial. Now you emailed this to me right before we started, and I'll I'll tweet this out in the Market Foolery Twitter feed. Uh, I was unfamiliar with this, I, or or if I watched it in 2005, I don't remember it. Well, you're getting old. I am. You know. Yeah. Unlike well today, <laughs> today my friend, you're getting older. Uh, no, it got a lot of headlines at the time, and because Spike Jones. Uh, Great director of both commercials and music videos. You know some of his best work there. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Sure. You should tweet that one out too. Yeah, that'll get more. For people that don't know Christopher Walken's work with Fatboy Slim, you know, you could you've got a whole bunch of tweets coming today. I think I do. Yeah. Just you're promoting YouTube basically today. Anyway, so the the commercial just to ruin it for anybody who desperately wants to watch it and spoiler alert, uh, they just trash the Gap store and it's about uh, you know we're doing some remodeling is the, the sort of the, the news and the punchline, uh, but it's it done in an entertaining way. But I find it oddly prophetic that they they've just been sort of destroying the company for about fifteen years now. Yeah, it was meant to be. Hey. Customers and eventually employees in this commercial are just trashing this one Gap store, and eventually it turns to the pardon our dust. We're remodeling a whole new Gap is coming. But as you said, really it was just the beginning of the business being trashed. I think they should have just had Christopher Walken dancing around the store. Would have been a better looking back on it. You know what? 
That could, that could be something for Old Navy for their new marketing exactly. campaign. Exactly. It wouldn't be as weird as some of their old marketing campaigns. That's true. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Question from Zach Tornow, who asks With Amazon bringing more of its logistics operations in house, how realistic, how realistic are the rumors that FedEx is a potential acquisition target for the all powerful Amazon? I was unaware that there were rumors that. FedEx was going to be acquired by anyone, much less Amazon. I think Amazon is probably more interested in just building their own stuff out rather than buying a chunk of FedEx. Yeah, I think that with Amazon making more and more obvious moves into the logistics arena, that it's not, I would call it, that realistic, although they're not certainly going to let me know ahead of time whether they're really interested. And you know, I think back to the rumors around XPO logistics. Toward the end of 2017, there was a rumor, published rumor, from a reasonably credible source that, at least that the rumor was out there, that XPO was being targeted by Amazon in order to present prevent. Amazon, sorry, Home Depot from acquiring XPO logistics. This juiced the stock of XPO. Fast forward a year later, and Amazon has just sort of leveled XPO stock by pulling two thirds of its business from XPO right at and after the holiday season. It's not actually announced that that was Amazon, but XPO's number one customer, which everybody believes could only be Amazon. So that was a move away from using the logistic services of XPO. Yeah, Amazon is putting its packages in, uh, you know, USPS, uh, UPS, and FedEx. Uh, it's it's a huge chunk of its costs uh, are are using those services on the delivery side, and so something ultimately is going to change or evolve. Uh, but I wouldn't bet money on shares of FedEx. Along the lines that Amazon is going to acquire it. I got to tell you about an interesting phone call I had last week, uh, and it ties into a quick shout out to Hello Monday. Over the course of a lifetime, the average person spends more than 115,000 hours at work or about 13 years. So, finding a way to make work more rewarding, fulfilling, and enjoyable is pretty much guaranteed to be a good use of your time. Hello Monday is a new podcast from LinkedIn's editorial team about how to get the most from Monday and your career. Each week, host Jesse Hempel sits down with featured guests to investigate the role that work plays in our lives, uncovering lessons that you can apply to your own career. And Jesse is the person I talked to last week. So whether you're 5 hours into your first job, or you have just 500 left until retirement, you'll be ready to take on Monday and the rest of your work week with the knowledge to make your career work for you. Um, yeah, I reached out to Jessie last week, um, had read some of her stuff over the years, um, great, great journalist, and um, ended up getting on the phone with her talking about her new show, which um, the first episode dropped this morning, started listening to it. She sits down with Seth Myers. Uh, to talk about uh, sort of the management of his team uh, on his late night show. Um, so, really, really interesting stuff. Find Hello Monday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Definitely worth checking out. Email from Isaac Mellon in Wisconsin. Isaac writes I've never shorted a stock nor 
do I have the confidence in my investing knowledge to go out there and do it? I know The Motley Fool is focused on the buying and holding of great companies for the long haul, and I adhere to that guiding principle as well. However, I feel like shorting stocks could be a useful skill when deployed selectively and carefully. Do you have any recommendations on how to analyze potential shorting opportunities? The only stock I ever considered shorting was Bed Bath & Beyond. When I look out five or ten years, I don't really see a world where Bed Bath & Beyond is successful or maybe even around. However, the same thing could probably have been said about Best Buy several years back, and look where they are now. Uh, I'd love your thoughts on uh, any thoughts you might have on this topic and any stocks your analysts have considered shorting or have actually shorted. Uh, thanks. Um, great email for a couple of reasons. One, because I, I like that uh, Isaac is thinking about shorting selectively and carefully, because I, I, that's certainly how I view it. And like Isaac, I've never shorted a stock before. And I like that he found two relevant examples. Um, both in the same industry, and he's absolutely right. There was a point in time when there were people out there saying, "Man, Best Buy, that thing is doomed. That thing is going down." And um, Hubert Jolie came in, turned the company around, and uh, you probably took a bath if you shorted Best Buy at that point in time. Uh, yeah, um, Bad Bath and Beyond—that's another story. Uh, that is another story, and we've we've. Um Kicked at the teeth of Bed Bath and Beyond on a sort of quarterly basis. I think whenever I've been around to look at their quarterly reports, they have been ones which would delight bears, delight people who are short, and for the reasons that your listener emailer has identified. Like, why is this thing still around? Do we need it? And so I think that you know the the. Theses for shorting a stock need to rely on a, a long-term trouble. I mean, there there have been people who have successfully timed. Oh, this company is good, but it's just way too expensive. And there have been people who have lost all their money uh, on the same type of thing because, uh, as as you will hear, uh, the market can stay uh, irrational longer than you can stay liquid. Uh, when you're just right about the long term, uh, but but wrong about what can happen with a stock. Now, Bed Bath and Beyond's not going to double or triple or quadruple on you through investor enthusiasm. So I think that that's a much safer play. Uh, what they've been doing, I think, buying back some stock, closing down some stores. I mean, the sort of same mall-based kind of uh, story that we've just discussed. So. I like that as a thesis. I don't know where the stock is today. Lower than it has been in the past. Um, you've never shorted anything? I've never shorted anything, and I have done this long enough to know, and this ties into something you just said, to know that if I'm ever going to short a stock, it's going to be more, um, it's not going to be a situation where I think my valuation skills are better and smarter than everyone else's. Because you're right, it really does seem like the people who get burned on shorting are the people who look at a stock at a high valuation and they say, well, this is just crazy. I mean, you know, why is there this enthusiasm? Um, to your point, Bed Bath and Beyond is a stock that does, is a business that does not have a lot of enthusiasm around it. So I think you're 
all things being equal, for your first time shorting a stock, you're better off going with the proverbial, this is a troubled business within a challenged industry. Yeah, and I'd want to see management that is taking uh, unnecessary risks. That is, if Bed Bath & Beyond, I don't have the, the data in front of me because my computer has died. Otherwise, I would just pretend like I knew that kind of thing off the top of my head by reading something off online. But what are the costs of shorting? Well, the dividends that you have to pay when the company pays them when you short the stock. And if Bed Bath & Beyond has got a rational, say they, say they agree, oh, our future doesn't look so good. So, what we will do is try to maximize the profits from today. We won't go out building new stores. Getting into lots of long-term leases and malls, but we'll just buy back our our shares with the the money they're making. They're still making profits there, uh, and we'll we'll pay a dividend. Well, then if you're short the stock, you're going to be paying that dividend, and the stock price won't really be going down that much if the company is using its you know dying breaths to keep buying back shares. Uh, ultimately, if it's doomed, you know the stock will go to zero. But in the meantime, you may be Paying a lot of paying a lot out in, in dividends from from the short side. Uh, Isaac uh, concludes his email uh, by writing, "Totally unrelated. I'm in medical school, and we just finished up our gastrointestinal pathophysiology course. And the attached slide was in one of our lectures. Since our professor did not cite the source, I can only assume he's been listening to Market Foolery and learning about the science of coffee as a miracle beverage." Thank you for educating the masses, um, and includes this uh, slide. Frankly, it's a lot of medical stuff, which I guess when you're in medical school, that's probably just as well. That fair they, enough. Yeah, a lot of t terms that uh, frankly don't resonate with me. But basically, uh, if I'm reading this correctly, and I like to think I am, uh, one of the treatments of uh, viral hepatitis, coffee. There you go. Uh, studies suggest coffee consumption is inversely related to liver enzymes, cirrhosis. Etc. Well, as Isaac said, and he's in medical school. You're not in medical school. I'm not in medical school. Here's Isaac. He's in medical school, and he used the term miracle beverage. Oh yeah, yeah. As as have others. Right. Um, and you know, miracles a long way to go. But how else can you explain all the things a coffee does? Have you seen this uh, coffee brand? And the brand is Super Coffee. I've seen it in a grocery store nearby, and, I'm and just yet like, it's not all coffee super. Right, that was my thinking. I was like, that seems redundant to call it super coffee. Um, uh, before we get to one last email, I uh, just want to say uh, thanks to uh, the dozens of listeners who came out to our listener meetup in Austin, Texas uh, last week. Uh, a special thanks to Paul Hooper uh, and Scott Killen, uh, who uh, each gave me a bottle, one of whiskey, one of barbecue sauce. Math question. Yes. So there are dozens of listeners total. Yes, and dozens showed up in Austin. Yes, to all of them. Well, there are dozens of listeners total. I I can't give the exact number. I would say it's always divisible by twelve, though. Right, it is that's divisible. All you, that's all you've ever really claimed. Right, they travel in packs. I would say that uh, what we had in Austin was the number of because that's the thing. People ask how many listeners, and I say dozens. And really, the question is how many dozens in Austin at the meetup? Two or three. Somewhere between two and three dozen. No, no, it was either two or three. It was either the, two or three. Yeah. Right. Um, thank you also to uh, to Julia, Ty, Charles, everybody else who came up. Thank you to Guero's Taco Bar. 
our favorite taco bar in Austin, Texas, for hosting us. Um, thank you also to Dr. Tim Vakras, uh, who's the uh, sports medicine doc, who uh, uh, is my unofficial consultant on uh, marathon training. So he showed up, and um, it was great to check in with him. He's one for three. Well, he's one for one. He's well, he's one for one. He's one. You're one for three. I'm one for three. But since since here's the thing, since I started consulting with Dr. Tim, one for one. Marathons sans hospitalization. Exactly. You're on. It's hard to call it a streak yet. A streak of one. Well, if I if I can make it again this this fall, then yeah, it'll be a streak of two. Um, and a special shout out to um, one of our members, Vin Tron. Who uh, had a great chat with uh, Friday evening at our reception? Uh, Vin is in the process of looking to buy his first home, um, and uh, asked me for advice, which I really didn't have any help. Did you advice. suggest Rocket Mortgage? Um, I did not. But dozens I, of I, listeners might have expected you to. I just, I just, <laughs> I just assumed. I just assumed you knew. Isn't that the number one mortgage provider? Yeah. Yeah. Um, final email uh, from Satara in Toronto, who writes: I started listening to the show two years ago. But I've literally gone back and listened to every single episode of Market Foolery and Motley Fool Money. I did, however, always skip your apropos of nothing episodes. But I fell behind recently on the podcast and was catching up while cleaning the house today. The latest December 1st apropos of nothing episode came on, and I was in the middle of doing some planting around the house, solely because I was too lazy to stop and wash the dirt off my hands in order to fast forward the episode. I ended up just listening through it. Right there, that's just fantastic. Like, ah, oh, I have to wash my. <laughs> I love that out of laziness. That's why the listening took place, um, and it actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> Again, great, comp- great among the backhanded compliments we've received. That's it. Actually, wasn't that bad. Uh, you guys are pretty funny, especially as you drank more. It made me laugh out loud a few times. Also, I'm with you, Chris, on Miles Davis. Anyway, thank you for all you guys do on the show, both for the useful information. And now for the completely useless information. Also, please let both Bills know that I never skip the episodes that they're on. Uh, thanks and full on. Uh, thank you for that. And um, great note. And you know, I mean, it hardly feels like a compliment that she doesn't skip the shows that I'm on because she says she literally listens to all of them. I mean, I'm, and, yet, I'm, and, and yet there may be some who have listened to all except the ones I'm on. Well, yes. Well, and also, uh, as you pointed out before we started taping, uh, I, I like to uh, warn people ahead of time. The few times that we've done the apropos of nothing episodes, I like to tell people right off the bat, "Hey, look, this isn't the usual show. This has nothing to do with business or investing. So, by all means, skip it." And people take us at our word on that one, and they do. And we're, you know, we're. It, it, it might be time for a new one. That could be a, like a little motto or a little promo thing for uh, apropos of nothing. You know, quote unquote, actually. Not all that bad. Actually, wasn't that bad. Actually, yeah. wasn't that bad. Yeah, you'd go so far as to promote yourself with words like that. Sure, I think we'll do that. I think it's accurate. <laughs> it's <laughs> actually it not all that bad. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. I, we've never really claimed any more. I'm not sure we've ever even claimed that much. Well, and and yet now we will. Actually, apropos of nothing, not all that bad. Not that bad. Not that bad. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, Doing another one at some point someday. Well, we'll get there. Um, You can read more from Bill Barker and his colleagues. Go to mfamfunds.com. That's mfamfunds.com. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Happy birthday. You know what? We're we're at mfam. We're we're 
threatening to break the uh, $1 billion mark for all of our funds and ETFs. For a little thing we like to call AUM, for assets yes, under management? assets under management. $1 so, billion? Yeah. You're going to join the Trace Commerce Club. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so that so at some point we'll put somebody on here to take a victory lap when that happens because it could. I mean, if the market would just do a little bit of work today, it could happen. But it's premature right now. Is it? You'll know when the, when our sponsored party shows up in the office and and you're you'll be the MC. Well, you just you just got to what was going to be my question, which is: Is it safe to assume that while is it safe to assume both that they're a is not a party in your office to celebrate your birthday, and B, there will be a party to celebrate Trace Commas. The Trace Commas, there will be like, uh, it might be, a, you were saying like, uh, throw a breakfast. Everybody yeah. Everybody likes breakfast. Yeah. Who doesn't like uh, breakfast? I, I, I think you, you may have the winning idea. There we go. Although we're open to others. Okay. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.